Welcome to another episode, episode 10 of the National Pulse Podcast. I'm Raheem Kassam, broadcasting to you from Capitol Hill, a still militarized Capitol Hill. And we'll get into why, in the words of the Democrat House impeachment managers, is Capitol Hill still militarized? Thursday, February 11th, the year of our Lord, 2021. And we've got Benjamin Harris Quinney who'll be joining us for this conversation. Ben is the chairman of the oldest conservative think tank in the United Kingdom, the Bow Group. We're joining us to talk us through some of the finer points of what is going on across the pond That'll be where I'm from. And what the media is like about the impeachment over there. The BBC has just been banned from broadcasting into China. In what is a retributive act against CGTN, Chinese state media losing its license in the United Kingdom. Thank you for joining us and thank you for subscribing, sharing, making sure that your friends, your family members, your colleagues are aware of this show. I want to bring Ben Harris-Quinney into the conversation here. Ben, thanks for joining us here on the National Pulse. I know it's uh, it's it's an awkward time over there uh, in uh, in the UK, but we're really grateful for your time. Just let's just start off here with with some of the details we've heard from the impeachment trial in recent days, and let's start by taking a listen to what uh, Ted Lieu from California admitted to on the floor of the Senate today. He does not say the one sentence that would stop future political violence. The election was not stolen. He still hasn't said that sentence. That is why National Guard troops in full body armor still patrol outside. The admission from Representative Ted Lieu there, one of the House impeachment managers, is really quite stark. If you listen to what he's saying, effectively, that the National Guard is still deployed because Donald Trump will not cow to the struggle session that Democrats are putting him through. Say it was real. Say it was real. God damn you. Say it was real. Ben, uh, extraordinary as as far as I see it, and especially when you consider what the Democrats put Trump through for the last four years regarding Russia. Remember, Nancy Pelosi said herself the election of 2016 was hijacked. She did not believe that it was a fair result that led Democrats to believe that. It led to violence. It led to violence against Republican congressmen uh, out there ahead of the baseball game when Steve Scalise was shot it's led to Rand Paul being attacked multiple times by the way Rand Paul's like he's got nine lives uh, Ben put this all into perspective for us and especially I think uh, I, I think the audience will be interested in in what is the media like over in the UK as regards the impeachment well I'm, I'm particularly familiar particularly familiar with the with the Russia hoax because uh, I was accused by the Times of London of being uh, a Russian spy, as was Nigel Farage and pretty much any conservative. Well, I think so, all three uh, of us were accused of it on the same front page. 
We we were we were, and obviously it was a it was a cracking cracking graduate year that year at the KGB. <laughs> um, a lot of good people that came through, um, but I think that you know what gets me about it, um, and and the patronising statements that that are put across there in your clip, but also we've seen. Uh, throughout the entirety of this political theatre that has been the impeachment and the reaction to the Capitol Hill riots, is is the the apparent disregard that a lot of politicians have for the intellect of the public. What do you they, mean? What, I, what, what do you mean by that? Just, just they, the case that they can be that the, they can be led to insurrection, or what? What are you getting at? I'm getting at the hypocrisy of, as you say. Um, it's not. It wasn't four years ago that they were talking about the Russia hoax. They only, as far as I can tell, they only stopped talking about the Russia hoax a few months ago. Yeah, four weeks um, ago. And and the sheer hypocrisy of saying, oh, it's un-American to question the validity of the election. It's an attack on democracy, which is something they stopped doing, and and a few of them are still going on about it. You know, the 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 Louise Menches of the world um, are, are still parroting the the Russia line. And it, it, the the the, the patronising nature of their tone and approach is not only that Americans and the and and the public at large will not remember what they were doing, and of course inciting the BLM riots as well and endorsing mm. the BLM riots as well, but that we won't have an understanding of history that shows us how governments, regimes throughout the past have always used incidents to give excuse for their rampant tyranny. And I think when you look at the militarization of Capitol Hill, that is a far darker image. The the uh, masked armies that, uh, that, that mass what is supposed to be uh, the capital of global democracy is a far darker image than the Capitol Hill riots, which were clearly a disorganised rabble. Right, right. Um, and the message it it it, it sends out is that, um, like all of the uh, the regimes that have overstepped government power in the past, we have used a, a pretty minor crisis to excuse uh, the militarisation of our capital and the suppression of freedom of speech which of course is a, is another big factor of what's going on with big tech and mainstream media simply not allowing um, anyone from the other side to put their argument across. Well, and we'll get into why that may be in just a second, but I, I, I want to ask you, do you think that's been related to how people kind of went along with the extensions? Because I was all in favour of, you know, two weeks to crash the curve, two weeks to flatten the curve. Uh, I think we we did even a 30-day flatten the curve plan on our war and pandemic show. And then after that, everything was supposed to go at least back to relative normal. But of course, it didn't. And, And out of, I suppose, goodwill, maybe some naivety, People went along with, okay, you know, Fauci's now saying this, and, you know, over, of course, over in the UK, the, the um, what's his chops, Ferguson, is saying, you know, something else, so maybe there has to be an extended thing. Honestly, Ben, I've been shocked at the number of 
you know, my Facebook fan page, whatever you want to call it, is is mostly British people. And I've been shocked with when I post something that's sceptical about new COVID lockdown measures, how many people there are out there, even on the political right, who are like, just shut up, the scientists are telling us what to do and we must do it. Ben, I think the audience would be surprised to know, what is this 10 years in prison for lying about your, your, your travel that I'm now hearing out of the UK? Yeah, well, what your audience may not be aware of is in the in the UK nowadays, we barely send anyone to prison for anything. <laughs> David Gort, the former justice minister, actually put forward a policy that women would not go to prison for any crime, um, you know, including murder or the most severe crimes. Um, so it is very well, rare. But that may, that may, be, that may actually be wise, Ben, given the fact that if nowadays they'd end up in prison with men. <laughs> right, yes. Um, but but the the, the t- a ten year sentence. Um, there are a lot of people that commit murder that don't go to prison for ten years. There are a lot of people who rape who don't go to prison for ten years, um, and you know people that that steal and and burgle houses don't go to prison at all. And so, so and so, what is the this, idea? Yeah, that, what is this new rule? Someone, well, the the, the 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 proposal is that if you enter the country, if you enter the United Kingdom. Um, and you have not fully declared your your travel history. Um, your you, the 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 sentence that they are proposing is that you go to prison for ten years. Unbelievable. They're also proposing similar sentences for people for for people in the UK who break who breach lockdown rules. Because um, a lot of people the won't realise this. The government themselves have have breached lockdown rules. Ben, a lot of people won't realise this, but but you can you can't really go out in the UK at the moment. Is is that right? Everything's still shut down. They, oh, you, they, can't, you can't go out at all. We're we're under a national lockdown that we've been under uh, since Boxing Day, um, and and that's even the, that's de- December the twenty sixth. Yeah, and even the the six the the six days that were relaxed for Christmas. Um, I think you were only allowed to mix with a maximum of um, one other family or you were allowed to mix with members of your own family up to 10 people, I think. So it was still very heavily restricted just for those six days. But after those six days, we went into the most severe lockdown we've ever had and, and have remained in that. I'm not sure if we lost Ben there. Ben, are you still with us? I think we may have lost him there we'll dial him back into the conversation here in just a second i think a lot of people are you know genuinely perplexed about how locked down the united kingdom actually is i mean it's severely severely locked down and our guest as i say is is, is benjamin harris quinn he's the chairman of the oldest conservative think tank in the united kingdom ben we lost you there for a second do we have you back yeah okay. I, so i i think the uk is actually fast becoming one of the most restrictive countries in terms of its its reaction to coronavirus um and we also have some of the worst outcomes in terms of mortality rate number of people infected uh, and all that sort of thing and you know we have well ben that's because you're not triple masking 
It's because you're not triple masking or, or quadruple masking. You know, that's the latest thing here now is uh, the, the CDC has come out with some guidance yesterday that said, OK, well, because pe- people's masks don't typically fit them very well, the best thing to do is to double up. And I think it was CNBC or somebody stupid who said, well, you know, we should actually be tripling up on our masks uh, so that it's covering every nook and cranny of our faces to stop uh, to stop the virus spreading. But my point to get back to it my point was this all of the all of these measures we've heard we've we've had foist on us since the original 30 days to to slow the spread uh, is is you know those those are the things that gave the establishment the idea that actually we can go further than just a viral uh, excuse for a lockdown here we can actually start using political violence uh, as you say a rabble on capitol hill i was there by the way i mean i wasn't inside the capitol building or on the capitol grounds but i walked walked past in the morning as President Trump was speaking, while he was still speaking at the Ellipse, Jack Posobiec and I walked from Capitol Hill. I walked all the way downtown to do to do the afternoon show on Real America's Voice that day. And you could already hear uh, bangs going off, flashbangs effectively going off uh, on Capitol Hill before President Trump had even finished speaking on the other side of town. So a lot of what you're hearing about you know, in the impeachment case at the moment, and I'll get into this in more detail uh, later on in this show, ladies and gentlemen. But but a lot of what you're hearing is the the timeline doesn't add up, Ben. And and like you say, the hypocrisy is quite is quite staggering. I want to play you this clip of one of the leading house impeachment managers, Jamie Raskin. And here's what Jamie Raskin was saying four years ago. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual office holding. Debate is out of order. Section 15 and 17 of the Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both members of the House of Representatives, both a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? Is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. So that people will note, was the voice of Jamie Raskin objecting to the certification of Donald Trump's votes four years ago from Florida. You heard the reason and the rationale there. You also heard Joe Biden presiding in that Senate session, asking the very same question that Mike Pence was asking when he got objections from the floor just a couple of weeks ago now. And Ben, it comes back to what you've been saying about the hypocrisy. They not just challenged challenged through Russiagate the election of 2016. But you hear there they were challenging in the very same way that Donald Trump wanted Republican congressmen to. Uh, and that's the House impeachment manager. That's Jamie Raskin himself doing the very same thing he now calls seditious. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it, it whilst you've, you're someone who's extremely knowledgeable about this and you've done a, a huge amount of research on it and um, what all the various claims are and how they relate legally um, and what everyone has said in the past. But I think even the average American citizen, they remember the Russia stuff, they remember the BLM stuff, 
and it is frankly an insult to the intelligence of people who haven't done a lot of research who have you know just skimmed the news over the last five years to think that um that they're going to believe that this is anything other physical theater and i think but i think the broader point and i remember very clearly this was a a speech given by Ruth Bader Ginsburg when the uh, Kavanaugh hearings were taking place. And she said, <clears throat> well, you know, I agree that, um, that, that, that Kavanaugh should be scrutinized and should be opposed, but it does mark a pretty significant point in US history where bipartisanship has clearly failed. And what I think we're, we're seeing if we pull back is a situation where uh, the two sides of America, if there are any two sides, but the, if there are at least two sides, you know, if you want to call them uh, Trump supporters and Biden supporters or Trump supporters and Obama supporters. There aren't any Biden supporters. Right. Well, the, the, there's Trump the, supporters the, the left, and there's Trump haters, or, right? There's Trump supporters no. and there's communists. That's what there is. There's no Biden supporters. Nobody wanted Joe Biden. They they, they made TikTok videos in advance of the election, Ben, saying, please don't make me vote for Joe Biden. Well, guess what? The Democratic Party of America did make some people vote for Joe Biden, but they're not Biden supporters. Yeah, no, well, I, w- I would agree. They're not passionate Biden supporters, but they are passionately in hatred of Donald Trump and everything he stands for in the America First agenda. Sure. So if you want to, if you want to call those two two parties the, the dominant forces in American politics, mm. it is no longer that they hold these truths to be self-evident but have minor disagreements on policy issues. You know, they are absolute polar opposites and enemies and would rather work with foreign enemies of the United States uh, than... than find uh, some route to bipartisanship because it's as our the Bay Group's former patron Sir Roger Scruton one of the greatest conservative philosophers of all time said that um, we view the left as misguided they view us as evil Mm. and so everything that they do is justified in that sense that uh, they impeach Donald Trump, they re-educate his his supporters because they aren't just Americans who disagree on policy issues. These are people who are, you know, signed up to the to the doctrine of evil. They are against the progressive agenda, and therefore, as we've seen in socialist and communist countries throughout history, must be re-educated or removed from the system. Mm. And whilst whilst you have that complete breakdown of bipartisanship, you do not have a country. And I think there is a very strong case to be made that if you fast forward your thinking as to where all this ends up, it ends up as two different countries, really. It ends up as some sort of arrangement whereby um, the, the, those two disparate forces in America can go in their own separate directions, which they clearly want to do. And I think that is a very sad thing for America, but sadder than that is a situation where you just have this um, swinging between one extreme and the other, uh, where you know the Democrats get into power, they they impeach the the former Republican, um, they remove access to security briefings, they 
do use all the powers of government to uh, demean the Republicans, and then inevitably when the Republicans get in again, or even when they win the midterms, they'll do all the same things to the Democrats. Well, this is the, one of the problems, Ben, that, that so many Trump supporters I speak to, and, and, and I follow along with just about as many as many different uh, chat channels across Telegram, and of course we have our private National Pulse chat channel and Discord, which people can get to by going to the nationalpulse.com forward slash support, and we, you know, we really appreciate everybody that takes part in those. And I listen to people, and one of their frustrations is that actually the Republicans don't do any of that back to the Democrats. What happens is the Democrats use the force of the state. They weaponized the national security apparatus in 2016, uh, planted fake stories about Russia all across the media and indeed all across the national security apparatus. Um, and then the Republicans came in and sort of just attempted to skirt around it and did some tax cuts and let some people out of jail. And now, of course, they're getting persecuted once again. So it's not even that it's that the, the the, the reprisals, if you want to call them that, are equal on both sides. Well, one one criticism I would make of President Trump is that I think he naively thought that if he got the U.S. economy, notwithstanding coronavirus, but if if he got the U.S. economy to the point that he did before we went into the Corona crisis, where um, rates of unemployment were at a record low, where um, U.S. productivity was rising, um, where where Americans were um, getting to that preeminent point of 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 um, standard of living uh, that that has always been part of the American dream. I think he thought then people would cut him some slack. Um, that that he thought that people would celebrate the fact that America was doing well, but of course they'd rather crash that, the economy. They'd rather wreck the economy, but but actually, I think they hated him far more because of that, far more because of his success. Um, and it, again, that goes back to the breakdown of, of bipartisanship, that they would rather see a Republican president fail and drag uh, the, the failure um, all through America to, to damage every American citizen's life and livelihood than they would see them succeed and and America to rise in the world. So that's the fundamental problem and i think that's a that as you say that's a fundamental problem not only with the american system but also with the way a, a lot of republicans think about it that they haven't realized that that bipartisanship is completely gone mm. and that no record of achievement in government will ever for the democrats to say okay you've done a good job and uh, the same is true of course with with big corporates which I always made the point to Steve Bannon and other members of the Trump administration from the outset that there were a million important things they needed to do, but the most important was to take on big corporate and that um, ludicrous, illogical partnership that exists between big corporate and the hard left. <laughs> um, and of course, Trump's presidency ended with big tech flexing their muscles and telling the world that they are now more powerful than the president of the United States and America as a country, right? Um, and and exercising that unnatural and unchecked power that I think exists for for so many globalist big corporates now, right. um, and the fact that Trump actually helped them by lowering taxes and lowering regulations, uh, I would say was probably the, the the biggest error. And if he or someone of his ilk 
gets into government again, that must be the first thing that they tackle. Mm-hmm. Our guest is Ben Harris Quinney's the uh, chairman of the Bow Group, the oldest conservative think tank in the United Kingdom. You can find out more about them at bowgroup.org and follow them across all social media. Ben, what's your uh, what's your social media handle? Are you are you on? Are you, I know you're on Twitter, but are you on any of these others now? Uh, yes, I am. I'm I'm at uh, b underscore hq on Twitter, mm. but I've I've uh, got my war badges of having had many Twitter bans. <laughs> I just just got through a Facebook ban. Congratulations! Uh, just got through a twenty-four hour uh, Facebook ban, and yeah, I mean, I think the writing's on the wall. We all know that this isn't going to be the future of communication for conservatives because if they haven't completely banned you, they've restricted you. They've I think I've been de de boosted is the word. I'm not particularly tech savvy, right? right. Uh, but um, but yes, I've I've been I've been my card has been marked in the uh, Facebook and Twitter worlds, and so um, I hope that that Parler and Gab and other platforms can can get moving. Um, I've I've personally found them not particularly user friendly thus far. Yeah, um, look, I think I think Parler's Parler's got a particular problem uh, in the way it's set up. Now, I, I understand that they're probably changing the entire platform, um, but uh, the the Gab since they've upgraded the server seems to work for me quite well. So if you're if you are on, and I purchased the Gab Pro, so I can use rich text and and do all this fancy stuff on there, and it works quite well. I've got about one hundred and twenty odd thousand followers on there now. You can find me at gab.com forward slash Raheem Ben. What's yours? B B underscore HQ. B underscore HQ on on Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, on on the Bow Group is is on Parler and Gab. Um, right. We haven't redone really anything on those platforms. <laughs> All right. Um, Listen, I was just asking for you to be able to plug your social media. I didn't. I didn't want to get into a whole uh, a whole big tech thing because I think that's a a conversation for another time. There's just so much else to cover here, Ben. And and one of the things that you just said struck me uh, about the envy with which they uh, uh, treat President Trump. The envy that they clearly have for him. So I just wanted to pick you back up on that thought really quickly. Here's a man who was born into a wealthy family or at least a, a, a very well-to-do family his father worked very hard he was he you know i wouldn't necessarily say that he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth but he certainly got given a silver spoon at a certain point in his life uh he then of course goes on to have a, an incredibly successful media career an incredibly successful business career an incredibly successful uh career with women uh over the course of his life he's on every major television program uh in movies so on and so forth and then he comes along, uh, disrupts their uh, their very cosy thing that all the left had with Obama and the left media had with Obama and how Hollywood was all tied in with those guys. Disrupts that whole thing, gets mocked at this uh, at the press uh, White House Correspondents Association dinner, and kind of decides off the back of that, you know what? I'm going to show all of these people that I can almost single handedly beat their entire system. And he did. And and that has clearly caused a, a great amount of, of angst and envy uh, on the side of the left, on the side of Hollywood, on the side of the media. And instead of taking that as a kind of a, a lesson, a lesson which I think Donald Trump intended it as... 
they've actually gone and doubled and tripled down in terms of the power that those those apparatuses that they control uh, are willing to wield over the public and and the information stream yes and their their solution has has clearly been if all else has failed we must simply suppress donald trump and silence him and and not allow him to speak to the people i mean this if if everyone is being honest this impeachment trial is about preventing donald trump for, from running for office in 2024 as president um so it's about depriving the american public of, of a choice and depriving the american public from their preeminent authority over government um so i i, I think that is the that is the, the the last card they have to play is okay if we can't beat him we've just got to ban him get rid of him silence him imprison him um, maybe even kill him uh, if it comes to that. Well, I mean, you, I say, think, you, I mean you, you, you say that as, as kind of a throwaway line, but that's kind of what they've been geeing people up for, for for years, hasn't it? I mean, Kathy Griffin holding the beheaded, uh, uh, you know, uh, paper mache version of, 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 of Donald Trump's head, Snoop Dogg executing him in his music video. They really did intend for somebody at least to attempt to kill him. And so all of this kvetching that's going on on Capitol Hill at the moment about about, oh, you know, Nancy Pelosi fell under threat and AOC is going to cry in her office as a result of, you know, the horned QAnon shaman who's actually a climate change protester scribbling something on a podium. Ben, I mean, that that is is is, is just some some level of, I think, uh, 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 you know, total, total disingenuity we lost ben there again dialing him back in but ben i don't know what you last heard but i'm talking about the 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 disingenuity of the the leftists claiming that they fell under threat while for years they have literally attempted to incite violence against donald trump and i don't mean violence as in somebody so you know somebody go and throw throw an egg or a tomato at him they have held up his beheaded head yeah well uh i mean Someone was asking me about Navalny the other day in Russia. And, um, you know, I, I absolutely think it's appalling for, for a state to, to go out and attempt to execute or, or poison any members of the public or political opposition. But my point to them was, in the West, we, we do it in, in all but name anyway. Um, you know, if you are seen as unacceptable in the left, and I know it's, it's, it's happened to you, it's happened to me, you are politically assassinated. Um, and then if they can't get you on that, and you're a figure like, like Julian Assange, um, they will take your liberty away. And then, you know, of course, there have been many incidents in the West where, where people have died under mysterious circumstances let's right, say right um well i mean give so, give, give, give that, the example that, that give the example the, dr david kelly for instance dr david kelly um I, I i think there are a number of people who have been troublesome to the government that um and i'm not just talking about the u.s government or the uk government i'm talking about western wide mm. um that uh, that have come to very unfortunate ends um so i think we think of ourselves as far more sophisticated than uh what goes on in china or what goes on in north korea or what goes on in russia but actually we're not really and i think it is absolutely horrific and unjust the way donald whatever you think of donald trump personally you may disagree on policy issues but 
the way he has been treated and the way the deck has been stacked against him, um, I think, and just in the same way it was stacked against Brexit and Nigel Farage, um, I think is a testament against uh, the fact that we are a paragon of, of democracy in the West. Yeah, I think that's right. Ben, uh, just explain to our audience very quickly why it is that you uh, you keep disconnecting. Well, you know, idea. Um, I, uh, I'm not. I'm not hanging up on you. I can tell you that much. No, no, I understand um, that. But I think I think a lot of people don't realise that outside of major cities in the United Kingdom, the 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 broadband infrastructure is 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 something uh, that leaves a lot to be desired. Shall we say? Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a country boy, and I'd rather uh, live in the country and have rubbish internet than than live in a, a metropolitan centre with, with super fast internet. It's a super, decision I've made. Super fast internet and the National Guard. Um, coming yeah. to a city near you. Ben, I want to ask you, just before we let you go, uh, about GB News. GB News is is sort of going around touting itself uh, as the antidote to a lot of uh, the dominance of the political left in the United Kingdom in the media sphere. And, and the left kind of seem to have bitten on that narrative as well, calling them, you know, the Fox News of, of the UK. Not that that is actually a good thing over here anymore. I, I, I'm not sure if the uh, the British uh, chattering classes are, are aware that Fox is tacked so heavily to the left uh, in the in the United States, but that's the that's the charge that's being made. What is the reality? Is is GB does GB News look any different to say the BBC? No, I mean, I, I you you are for all of the problems that that Americans have, your system is so much better than ours in that someone can essentially set up as a broadcaster. And if they're popular, uh, they will do well. If they're not, they, 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 they will fail. And in the same way, if someone wants to stand for, for election, um, they can engage in primaries, they can, they can get a nomination, and they can go from the point of view, theoretically, well, as Donald Trump did, of not being a politician to a little over a year later being the president of the United States. None of that is possible in the United Kingdom. Everything is highly controlled. Um, you, you have to get a license uh, to be able to um, operate on broadcast media channels, and that license is extremely restrictive. Officially, you're not allowed to operate with a political bias, which, of course, unsurprisingly, means they all operate with a liberal metropolitan bias <laughs> because they've never met anyone who doesn't have a liberal metropolitan bias. Um, but I think it's got so bad with the BBC. I mean, you were making the comment earlier that, that China has, has banned the BBC from broadcasting. Well, I think that's a good thing. Less communist propaganda in China. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to use, use this for the first time, Ben. <laughs> but canned yeah, applause for you. Great, great to get some fake applause. But... Um, <laughs> The the, uh, the the BBC has become so absurd and extreme. I mean, we I, I highlighted something that occurred a few months ago where um, a black comedian went on uh, in in a sort of as a talk show and saying, "Well, maybe we should kill Whitey," um, mm. i.e., genocide of of all white people. And this was allowed to go out on the BBC. Now, naturally, if someone had said that about any other race. Uh, not only would it not have been broadcast and that person would have been sacked, they would have been no doubt arrested. 
So uh, the, the BBC has just become a, a very bad parody of itself. And the problem with GB News is that it's essentially going to be centre-left. You know, it's going to be very socially liberal, uh, but, but sort of generally pushing a, a neoliberal tone um, that they, they, they don't, they're not going to back people like Jeremy Corbyn who, who want full-on communism, but they will be far more vitriolic towards Donald Trump as the guy who is heading up at, uh, GB News, Andrew Neil, has already been. Uh, he used to be on the BBC. I think we've lost him again there. Right, one more time with Ben Harris Quinney, and then uh, and then we'll ditch him since he uh, since he can't keep a stable connection out there in the country. Ben uh, lost you there for the for for what may be the last time, and that's a threat. Yeah, well, there's not. I mean, there's there's uh, there's there's nothing I can do about it. I'm not <laughs> a um, I'm not not a not a comms engineer. Um, otherwise, that threat would have would have led me to lay some fiber optic cables. But yeah, um, yeah. You think the engineers no, are laying so, the cables, do you? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I can possibly comment on that. But um, yeah, the 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 guy who, who runs GB News. Um, yeah, Andrew he, Neil. Tell us about Andrew Neil. Well, well, well. Neil is uh, has been one of the most vocal critics of Donald Trump. He, he, the, the BBC again is in theory supposed to be unbiased, but he took ten minutes out of their election night coverage, which he was hosting, to explain to uh, the British viewers what a terrible man Donald Trump was um, and how he needed to be removed from office as soon as possible. Um, the idea that this is going to be the guy who uh, takes on the woke and and um, offers a genuine right-wing news platform in the UK is completely ludicrous. Uh, and I think it's actually more damaging because what it does is it allows the left exactly the same as the situation we have with the, with the Conservative Party uh, and Boris Johnson, who, who is a, a fake conservative or a rhino, as, as you would call him, and the, pretty much the whole party is as well. It allows the left to call that far right. And then, of course, any legitimate debate that takes place that is genuinely conservative or genuinely right-wing is, is excluded completely and, and, and rendered hate speech. So I actually think it's better uh, to, to not have the organised opposition channels and, and individuals um, so that, that uh, it doesn't allow the left... To, to bracket everything to the right of them mm-hmm. as being not for public consumption. Um, and of course, you know, these people are all very establishment figures. So they don't, they don't want to see big change. They don't want to rock the boat because they've done very well out of the current system. All right, Ben, if I ask you for your social media handles one more time, you're going to, you're going to do a five minute monologue about it or, or you're just going to give them. Um, well, I'm not on the, I'm not on the BBC, so I won't give a five minute monologue about, uh, about my hatred of, of Donald Trump, but um, I do hate the big social media companies. Um, but if you have to, you can follow me on social media at b under underscore hq. All right, Ben. And where's the where's the where's the Bow Group? Where can we find more about the Bow Group? The the Bow Group. Um, you can you can find it on Facebook. You can find it um, at Bow Group on on Twitter, or you can find us at uh, bowgroup.org online. Yeah, rec- I re- highly recommend. Ben, thanks for joining us here today. Pleasure.
Well, let's uh, let's give the man a round of applause since he likes it so much. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I really want to say thank you for tuning in here today. I wanted to bring you that kind of extended conversation uh, with Ben to give you a, a little bit of insight of what's going on across the pond, of course, talking about the impeachment as well. Uh, but, uh, but, but it's important that we understand because in the face of communism, what did, what did we have to do in the last generation but find an, a, the international uh, force that's going to come up against and, and beat back communism? I was talking to somebody about this last night. It, it, back then, you had the president, the prime minister, and the pope, right? And now, now, I mean, Joe Biden was on the phone with Xi Jinping for two hours last night. Two hours on the phone with the Chinese dictator, Xi Jinping. I, don't, I still think he has not yet picked up the phone to Benjamin Netanyahu. This is the this is the the president the so-called president of the United States. And you want to go back to Ted Lieu and what Ted Lieu was saying earlier on today about why why the National Guard is still up outside the Capitol building. He gave it away. He said the quiet part out loud. He said they stand there because Donald Trump won't say that the election was real. Think about that. Can you imagine, can you imagine for a second if Donald Trump had done the same thing back in 2017, 17, after the inauguration? Said, we're deploying the National Guard because the Democrats are peddling this fantasy that the election was stolen by Russia and actually we're quite concerned about the damage it might do. And there was violence. Do I need to remind you there was violence on the streets of Washington, D.C. on the day of Donald Trump's inauguration. Antifa left-wing violence targeted not at the Capitol building, but targeted at ordinary people. You know, it's, it's, always, it's always when they are attacked or they feel attacked or they feel less safe. The establishment, the elite, the politicians, then the walls go up, then the razor wire comes out, then the men with the big guns stand around intimidating people. But when it's ordinary people and on ordinary streets, people's cars, people's businesses, people's livelihoods, they couldn't give a monkey's. And if Trump had done that in 2017, if Trump had even done it last year when BLM was burning the nation down, when they were burning St. John's Church down, and shame on the church leaders for taking BLM's side throughout that. But President Trump went to clear Lafayette Square and they accused him of gassing protesters. Fast forward six months and they've erected a security complex, the likes of which haven't been seen since Soviet Europe around the US capital. I mean, it beggars belief that we, we have to watch this. But we do have to watch it because... The people like Ted Lieu, they give their game away. They give the plans away. They tell us the things that the smarter people on their side wish they wouldn't tell us. Would you like to listen to it again with me? I'm hearing a yes. <laughs> Let's listen to it again. 
Let's listen to what Ted Lou says, what Ted Lou admits to. It's extraordinary, extraordinary, these admissions from these people. Ah, for some reason, this thing doesn't want to play this time. Strange. I guess it only wants me right now. I'm I'm stunned by it. I really am. The the chutzpah. Because I imagine, I would imagine that if you are just somebody flicking the channels and this impeachment thing is on in the background, maybe you're, I don't know, with a family member or at the hair salon or just flicking channels at home. Maybe you've got it on in the background when you're doing your work, working from home. You might look at the TV every so often and think, wow, wow, look at what Trump did. Trump told all these people to go down to the Capitol and look at what happened. But you don't you don't get the true story because you don't get into the detail. And you don't get into the detail because they don't want you to get into the detail. Remember, I shared a story yesterday when the Democrats were up there and the House impeachment managers were up there saying that President Trump had offered no evidence, no evidence over the entire course of 2020. You know, they went back to March. They said, oh, look, he's talking about the mail-in ballots and how it will lead to fraud, but he's not giving any evidence because there is no evidence. So I went back and I pulled up an article that I wrote, I think it was at the end of last summer, where I laid out some of the evidence. Not all of the evidence of all of the mail-in ballot fraud from all across the world. That would need half a million pages. But I go through what the EU told Poland last year about not using mail-in ballots, what the... Liverpool University professor said about mail-in ballots, what the British government has said about mail-in ballots. You know, they've had it for 20 years in the United Kingdom, mail-in ballots, and it's been a disaster, and they admit it. It's very hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube, which is the biggest problem about all of this. It comes down to whether or not you believe, do you believe that this is just about, and, and you heard from Ben there, and I think he's right, this is about stopping donald trump from running again and it's about withdrawing a choice that you might have at the next election it's about removing that from you denying you that choice that is absolutely true but you know what it's also about it's about if you ever call an election fraudulent or phony or questionable as a result of mail-in ballots ever again then you are a seditionist an insurrectionist you should be charged you should be tried that's what this is about, because guess what? They intend to keep this. The toothpaste does not go back into the tube on this one. They want to keep mail-in ballots forever. Not just COVID restrictions, not just for older people that can't make it to the polls, people abroad, people in service to their nations. No, no, no. This is for everyone. Uncle Tom Cobbley and all. Everyone. Because guess what? The EU says it, the British government says it, the uh, left-wing professors at Liverpool University say it. 
mass mail-in voting leads to mass fraud fact. And Twitter took my post down. You can no, you can still see it. I think you have to click an unhide button on it. You can still see it, but you can't like it. You can't retweet it. I'm not even sure if you can click through the link, frankly. It's just an article. I find myself saying those words and and thinking back on them. It's just an article. I'm not swinging a mace on Capitol Hill. Do, do, Do we have to label this as opinion? It's not opinion. It's a sequence of facts. It's a it's a it's a news report. And I often think when these things happen I often think wow we we feel like we're in some special time, right? Because everyone's saying oh this has never happened before or or we're in, you know, this is an extraordinary time. The fact of the matter is this has all happened before. It has all happened before. The targeting and persecution of people for their political opinions and political beliefs has happened before. For their race has happened before. For their gender has happened before. And we know the mechanisms by which it happens. It happens through state power. It happens through a state corporate nexus. Twas ever thus. And we're living through it again right now. And I, I understand. I know. I know. I feel the same frustrations that uh, the listeners of this uh, this podcast probably do. And I realize there will be some people listening to this that don't agree with me. And kudos to you for sticking through it. But I know a lot of people are frustrated and thinking to themselves, yeah, Raheem, you're right, but what do we do at this point? Because if we start showing up protesting outside the U.S. Capitol now, they'll they'll round us up put us in prison and that's true but at what point do you go from being oppressed to dissident ben talked about the the country fissuring and i hate to say it but i think a lot of americans don't understand how young america is as a country your current formation, your current formulation, actually most countries have gone through tons and tons of changes. You know, the United Kingdom wasn't the United Kingdom until uh, 1707. The Act of Union? I hope I'm getting the date right. It'd be embarrassing if I didn't. And so it's young. You're a young country. You will go through more changes and more perturbations and there'll be more experimenting about the way your government works. So maybe it will Maybe it will split. Maybe it won't. Maybe you'll find a way to devolve power down from centralized government as power has become more and more and more captured and centralized here in washington dc there's got to become a way there's got to there's got to come a way rather to 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 devolve that power back down to the states even lower down than the state state level maybe technology plays into that maybe some of this blockchain stuff plays into that i don't you know i can't see the future 
But we have seen this all before. Previous generations have lived through it. They have wise words for us. They have messages for us. They have warnings. They have warned us over and over and over again. What happens when you consent, even de facto consent, even lay consent, that means doing nothing in the face of evil or in the face of tyranny. And I'm not calling for invasions of capital buildings or pipe bombs outside the RNC. Outside the RNC, by the way. just want to remind you of that. The next time they say, oh, these were Republicans. No, I'm calling for organized, peaceful dissent. You can tell your government that you do not consent to the way it governs you. There are many mechanisms by which to do that. Not just in-person protest. And it's certainly not just through violence. And for the people who think that is the only way, you are the problem also. Listen. It took a long, long, long time, a long trajectory, a series of major violent grievances foist upon them for your founding fathers to finally respond in a violent fashion. And again, I can't see the future. I don't know what's coming. The left seems to like violence. I get that. It's on my mind every day, believe me. You, you you will not wake up before me on this issue. I am concerned about the violence of the left, the rhetorical violence, the actual violence, the 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 let's let's use that phrase again, the devolved violence, the intimidation, the corporate violence. I get it. I mean, look at Wall Street bets. Think about Wall Street bets. Why do you think they don't want you investing in any coin or Bitcoin or blockchain or any of that? It's much harder to control you, much harder to cut you off that way. I've gone on a bit long today. But there's much to think about. Do you pay your taxes? Is that a way of withholding consent? Withholding your taxes? Do you, do you have... Bicots? Is there a list of companies that you won't you won't pay for anything from anymore? I think there should be. I think Mike Lindell's experience with some of these big box retailers, the Chewies of the world and Dollar General. You could you could protest outside of those places. You could leaflet in the parking lots. Hey, these guys believe in oppressing people because of their political opinions. They're removing products from their shelves because of somebody's political opinions. Start telling the majority of their customers that. Those customers are soon going to turn away and those companies will soon reverse ferret. It's what the left does. The left pickets outside of businesses. The left makes everyone feel ashamed of going in shops that the left thinks they need to be ashamed of going in. So here's some homework. Honestly, hundreds of thousands of people have listened to this podcast in the first week alone. So here's some homework besides sharing this. If you get this far into the podcast today, (laughs) and if you do get this far into the podcast today, make it your business to go away and tell people how good it is to stick around for the whole show. 
So here's some homework. Make a nice leaflet on Canva or something. That's what I use to design things on the internet. C-A-N-V-A, Canva. Put down the list of, of, of companies that have removed Mike Lindell's products from their shelves as a result of his political opinions. And go this weekend, go, and next weekend, and the weekend after, and the weekdays, in the evenings, whatever you can. If you can do 30 minutes, do 30 minutes. You know, maybe you can't afford to spend your entire Saturday standing outside the Dollar General. Uh, not, nor can I. But we also can't afford to do nothing. So put that list together, print out 100, 200, A5, and go give them out. I don't know what the legality is in your individual cities and states about putting leaflets on people's windshields on their cars, so figure that one out for yourselves. But if we're going to have this fight, let's have this fight. Your dollar, at the end of the day, is more important to them than the other side's wokeness. That's true. Because when it, it, it the existential when the existential crisis hits them, are they going to exist or not anymore as companies? Then suddenly they will they will. Oh no! Yeah, we'll we'll put Mike Lindell back on the shelves. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. That was just some rogue intern over there made that decision. Whatever. But there's your first port of call. I need to uh, make sure that we uh, we have a war room this afternoon, this evening. So I shall uh, bid you adieu for now, ladies and gentlemen. I thank you for tuning in. I know it's been a particularly long one. I think Ben, you know, I've known Ben Harris Quinney now for 12 years, I want to say. He's always a fascinating character, lots to talk about. I mean, we sometimes sit on the phone for two or three hours at a time just talking about this stuff don't want to bring him back more often and thinking of doing a special sunday shows because i think and remember i'm still finding my feet with this podcast as well but i think what you like in the week you correct me if i'm wrong but i think what you like in the week is more news orientated shows and then we could do a sunday show with ben maybe every week, where we sort of have a, a longer, more thoughtful discussion about some of the things that we took on today. You tell me. Leave us a comment. Write us a tip at thenationalpulse.com. I realise the tips part of the website says, this isn't for comments or criticisms. And usually it's not, but I'm giving you special dispensation for this show to leave me a comment about how the show should be produced in the weeks and on the weekends. In the meantime, if you want to support our work, we do not take money from big corporates, obviously, not from millionaires, not from billionaires, only from you if you so choose to support Real News and Investigations. Head on over to www.thenationalpulse.com forward slash support. Alternatively, alternatively, you can go to fundrealnews.com. See you tomorrow.